I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. We're the guys from That Film Stew, and this is our latest review, The Marvels. Directed by Nia DaCosta, The Marvels is the superhero film based on the Marvel Comics characters Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, and Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. It is the sequel to Captain Marvel from 2018, a continuation of the television series Miss Marvel from 2022, and it's the 33rd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The movie is out in cinemas now, but if you haven't watched The Marvels yet, and you want to go watch it first before listening to our full review, we will be talking spoilers. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. So, Jason, The Marvels, what is it all about? All right, so Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, played by Brie Larson, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taken revenge on the supreme intelligence. But unintended consequences see Carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe when her duties send her to an anomalous wormhole linked to a Kree revolutionary. Her powers become entangled with that of Jersey City's superfan Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, and Carol's estranged niece, now Saber astronaut Captain Monica Rambo. Together, this unlikely trio must team up and learn to work in concert to save the universe as the Marvels. There's also a bit of a plot about stealing atmosphere and water from other planets very space ballsy but that's okay <laughs> we will we'll get to all of that yeah you know first of all five years since captain marvel i didn't realize it had been that long and to be fair there was a pandemic there was a bit of a delay things got pushed back <laughs> um, and there have right, been is a... yeah and we've had tv shows as well which Here i feel have, like yeah. you've touched on it already but just a little bit of housekeeping because i did think right when i was sat in the cinema how many people in the audience have just watched captain marvel the other marvel films and then this and not seen the disney plus shows because we talked about it when we reviewed doctor strange in the multiverse of madness how important it was to watch wandavision you weren't just told how she felt about her kids. You got to watch it across multiple episodes. And then this one, they're doing more. So this film, it connects with two Disney Plus series that are part of the MCU. The first is a connection to the series WandaVision, where Monica Rambeau is given her powers after she passes through a magical barrier created by Wanda Maximoff to which he refers to a few times in the movie. The second is a direct reference to the last scene in Miss Marvel, where we see Carol and Kamala switch places. The movie explains the circumstances behind this event. But so much happened elsewhere and not on the big screen that if you hadn't seen it all, I mean, the movie does a decent enough job of quickly explaining, I got powers, there was a witch... I'm a fan of Captain Marvel, but at the same time, if you haven't seen those Disney Plus shows, you are missing a lot. You you do. You you miss a lot of the 
like the character development, you know, the origins of their powers, where did they come from? You get the answers, but you're not getting that level of depth, I guess, to the to the characters. Like the Miss Marvel show, I had my issues with it, but like it was a good story in terms of setting up the Kamala Khan character, how she becomes Miss Marvel, how she gets her powers, what her powers potentially are, the origin of her bracelet. There's a lot to it. But you're right, this movie does do a good enough job to fill in the gaps, to give you enough. I mean, it's no different to, I mean, you already made reference to, you know, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. How about besides Wanda, um, uh, America Sanchez, is that her name? I'm going to go with it. Um you know, we get introduced to her in that movie. She didn't have a show or a, another movie that preceded that. She was just kind of there. And we jumped straight into it. We got a bit of her backstory. And we knew enough from just watching that movie. It's not like every character always needs the backstory. But if you came with the extra baggage, you'd have more context and you have a better time. I don't know. I think they pulled it off in terms of... No, they, they, they did. But if you... If you want the whole story, like, I mean, if you've not seen the Miss Marvel TV show and you got to see firsthand how great her family are as supporting yeah. characters. So you've got that context. Without that, you're watching this new superhero and her family is in space with Nick Fury. It's just, I don't know, because <laughs> but you and I are already it's invested. <laughs> it is, but you and I... Though already invest in those characters. You, know, you mentioned, you know, the bangle that she, she says in the film that she got it from her nana, but watching the TV show, they did that whole episode and it was a flashback or where she was moving back in time. And she was, do you know what I mean? So it's sort of like there's so much yeah. story that we got in the TV series. I just thought it very interesting that here we are. This is the latest MCU movie. It's a sequel to a film from five years ago but it's on the back of two TV series. I mean, even, look, there was a bit of a reshuffle, but even Secret Invasion, you know, like heavy Nick Fury stuff, we're revisiting scrolls. Was that meant to come out after this movie? I'm kind of unclear. Don't think it really matters. Like the Nick Fury we get in this movie, is it after Secret Invasion, or does he go back down to Earth after this movie and then all that Secret Invasion bullshit happens? Don't really know, and it's oh, not man. really important. But all it's I know, kind of like, mm, all I know, the last time to that show, <laughs> the last time I saw the Skrulls and Nick Fury was no longer Secret Invasion, and I'm grateful for that. But this <laughs> is a very different Nick Fury. You're right, the one in that show, like he had a wife. And, you know, they had their ups and downs across that season. When we reviewed Secret Invasion, we said, well, they've got this new character in Gaia, the Super Skull, and she's got everybody's powers. She's potentially the new most powerful character. I mean, surely Nick Fury's calling her and not Cavill at this point. <laughs> yeah, where, it's where's just, her pager? Like, it's ridiculous. I think we've seen the last of Gaia. She's gone. She's too powerful. Yeah. Look, I think... Just on the scrolls, because who knows if we'll come back to them. Um, number one, I, I was surprised that we even got them in this movie just on the back of Secret Invasion, I guess. But what kind of happens to a lot of the scrolls, which, I mean, I know they say they're, they're scattered all over the universe. At this point, a lot of them are refugees lost. But 
it's kind of like the situation of the scrolls in Secret Invasion where it's sort of like, hey, you promised us that you would find us refuge and you haven't. And then Nick Fury kind of makes amends with that issue in that show. But then in this movie, it's like they're all still refugees. And they ha- I don't know. It's sort of like I don't know, where the scrolls are sitting, nothing's really in sync here. I'm not sure. No, but, and again, but they are, they are scattered. Weird. They are scattered, though, aren't they? Like when we watch Secret Invasion, we're just seeing the scrolls that are on Earth. And then in this yeah, movie, right. we're seeing different planets. So they essentially, they've got no home planet. That's gone. And they're scattered throughout the universe. And Secret Invasion, oh, I, I can't, honestly, I'm, I'm just so disappointed still by by that <laughs> show. It is one of the best storylines, one of the best modern storylines to come out of Marvel Comics. And they they messed it up. They absolutely dropped the ball with that TV show. That's okay. Maybe this movie fixes a few things. So. Maybe we well, maybe talk about it a bit. <laughs> this is a um, where am I going with this? So, we've got you know, on the back of this being a sequel to like two TV shows, maybe three, a sequel to Captain Marvel. There's too many captains in this universe. Um, the movie shifts focus to hey, we've got three Marvel characters. Okay, that doesn't make sense. We've got three characters that have what this movie says, the same kind of power set. They're all powers based on light, and then that's part of the the body swapping thing. Look, at the end of the day, I like the fact that they brought these three characters together because, honestly, it is a big part of the, the pros of this movie, the, the interactions between the three characters, the chemistry, the, the comedy that comes from them, even a little bit of the drama, there could have been more. But what they've got established here is is fun and, and good. The the body swap stuff, very slapsticky. Kind of don't really know why it's in this movie, except for the purpose of bringing them together, maybe depowering Captain Marvel a little bit. Doesn't really make sense, except for they all have light powers. It's yeah, it's it's a bit. Well, it, it's it's, it's more it's more than just having the light powers, though, isn't it? So you've got the you've got the rift, and both Monica and Cavill touch it, and Fury's like, "Why did you touch it? Don't touch it!" But anyway, they both touched it, <laughs> and Miss Marvel didn't, but she's got the bangle, the other bangle to the one that the villain used to open it in the first place. So it's mm. more than them just having light powers, but they had to find a way to bring them together. And when they, so whenever they use their powers, that's when their bodies swap. So that whole sequence where they're learning to maintain combat whilst transporting into each other's place, was that really was, nice. yeah, it's, it, it it worked really well for me. And you know, I'm glad that it wasn't the whole movie. I mean, granted, it was a lot of it. But when they stopped doing it, I just felt, yeah, that's about the right time. I've, well, I've had enough of that now. It's, it's I mean, this when, movie yeah. really gets into it. And, like, you, you've got that first action scene pretty much. It's probably, like, 10 minutes into the movie. Like, it doesn't take long. And it's it's such a hectic... It's actually choreographed quite well in terms of, like, these fight sequences, the body switching, the confusion, just like the... just 
the erraticness of all of this stuff going on. They're fighting and like blasting and punching dudes. The 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 Khan family is there as well, doing what they can. It's hectic, but it's a lot of fun. Like you said, they kind of knuckle down halfway through the movie, get their shit sorted. They have a bit of a training montage, which is which is great. And then they kind of use the body swapping as to their advantage kind of thing. And they actually use it to get the upper hand on, you know, whoever they're going up against. So it it worked well in terms of like, hey, look, we've established this thing. Maybe it's a bit of a gimmick. Maybe it's a plot device, whatever. We're having fun with it at the same time. But then they refine it and they utilize it. And it's not as annoying, <laughs> which is good. Yeah. And, you know, but again, like, yeah, and what what this movie did differently to you know, a film like Thor, Love and Thunder, like we're saying how this is fun, this is funny, but the joke isn't at Captain Marvel's expense. She isn't the joke. Like there's moments of this movie which is silly, it's ridiculous. I mean, at one point it turns into a musical. She's a princess, yeah, <laughs> but there's still something about it and the way that Brie... Larson plays it, it works really well. When you've got a movie like Thor, Love and Thunder, and a lot of the time, he's the joke. He's not getting yeah. basic things, like he's an idiot. And then the movie around him is also silly. Whereas we're not getting that here. And there's other characters who can be that. We can get a overly giddy, excited Kamala Khan, you know, she's 16, she's fangirling over Captain Marvel, so we can get that there. But because she's doing that, we're getting a straight Captain Marvel. And unlike what we got in that first movie, and a lot of criticism that I was hearing about her in that, her in Endgame, is that she's too powerful and all she does is win. The whole thing in that first movie, though, was her basically learning from childhood to get up like not stay beaten. And it was, I liked that about that movie, but that film got so much criticism. Specifically, Brie Larson got criticism for her appearances as Captain Marvel. What I thought worked really well here is they had a movie where she didn't just fail, she failed multiple times. She's referred to as the Annihilator. Like she feel like she can't go back home. She can't see Monica because she feels herself to be that failure. She needs to right the wrongs that she feels like she's done. She needs to make up for her sins, for what happened to the planet. What is it with Hela? I'm blanking mm. with the Kree. So she's carrying all, all that guilt. So she's failing. She keeps failing in this movie. And I thought it was so good that they had to do that. Ultimately, you know, she learned her lesson and she learned to be part of a team and not be such a loner. But I think they gave Brie Larson so much more to do in this. I thought she was really good. Yeah, look, I mean, you got to bear in mind, like, there's been, like, within the story, there's 30 years has sort of passed of this character since that first movie. She's been out across the galaxy doing random things with different planets and obviously, you know, like following her, you know, like when she went back and pretty much took out that Supreme Intelligent. I did, I like that reveal of like, yeah, she kind of, with all this power that she has, she made a mistake um, and it's sort of come back to bite her in the ass. Like, 
it, it's sort of like that thing, like a good a good story about Superman, right? As an example, like you've got this overpowered character that you know basically invulnerable, but other than Kryptonite, like he has his he has his downfalls, which is which is like you know you can't save everybody, or you know if you there are mistakes you can make with all your immense power. Like that's kind of what they were going with here. It was like, yeah, she can she is one of the most powerful characters in the MCU, but there are still things that she's done wrong, and that it can be problematic for for her. I kind of wish though. Because all of that that they set up, like the the premise there is great. I kind of wish they kind of took it a little bit further. You know, like her guilt, her, you know, you mentioned like that's part of the reason why she didn't come back to Earth. She couldn't face uh, Monica. Like their relationship here, there's some, there's like some very few scenes with the two of them kind of going head to head in relation to their rift there, like their 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 estrangeness, it kind of gets addressed. There are some moments like the scene with like when they're accessing the the scroll memory thing and and it's sort of like Carol goes into memories that she shouldn't have gone into and stuff. And there's some nice moments where it's like, oh man, like the drama. But then it never kind of goes anywhere. They kind of just glaze over it and it does become a little bit too like, yeah, we're cool. I kind of wish like their relationship got expanded a bit more and we kind of delved into Carol's struggles a little bit more. Yeah. Like there there's was a, a, there's there a, was a Yeah, there's a throwaway line, isn't there? That, you know, we're family. This is what family does. And you know, we'll yeah. we come back together. You know, the runtime of this movie, which I didn't realise until after I'd watched it, one hour forty five minutes. The shortest MCU film or theatrical film. Anyway, not by much. By like it's, about, it's around about the same runtime of The Incredible Hulk, which was obviously the second MCU <laughs> film. But what I did here, though, do you know what the original cut of the movie was? Two and a half hours. Bullshit. What? They cut 45 <laughs> minutes out of this movie. They wow. reshot scenes. And there's as you're watching it, like, uh, as an example, right, when they go to the planet when you find out that Carol is royalty you know you've got the whole princess Carol the musical mm-hmm. sequence how expensive did that scene look it looked like with all the outfits the choreography <laughs> like the setting everything I'm confident that was going to be a, a much bigger part of the movie and maybe I've we'd, actually would have gone there more than once I actually read somewhere, I can't remember who, so I have no one to credit, but I read somewhere that that actually was a much longer sequence. Like there were more songs that were on that planet for longer. I imagine they probably delved into more of the Carol and Prince, whatever the hell his name is, <laughs> um, Prince Yarn. Actually a lot more simpler than I thought. Um, I imagine there was there was more there, and that's probably a fair chunk of, of what they cut, because you're right, like, they put a lot into that. So, so not know, just you know, you know settings like that, but what you were talking about, like, you know, surely there would have been more conversations had between Cavill and Monica. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I always say, like, a runtime doesn't necessarily make a movie good or bad. Longer isn't necessarily better. 
I, more often than not, when I do come across a longer movie, it's like, yeah, you know what, probably could have shaved 10, 15 minutes off here or there, like, you know, dragged a bit here or whatever. Alternatively, sometimes you get a shorter movie where it's like, maybe they should have added a few extra minutes just to invest in this story or this character or something. This is one of those movies where it's like, hey, it's it's great that we've got a nice, punchy, shorter, you know, comic book movie here, but this could have done with an extra 10, 15 minutes just to explore a few things. I mean, even jumping to the end, you know, like when Monica is, you know, essentially Carol and Monica, they, their relationship isn't fully resolved. Like, so obviously there's still a little bit up in the air when it comes to it. Monica's now gone, essentially. It, it, it kind of set up a good moment for Carol to sort of be like, you know, have a moment of distress and pain and, and then sort of bounce off, you know, Kamala and be like, it's like parallels there. Like, look, I missed out on that relationship with that young girl before. Now I've kind of got you, which kind of sets up the next scene, but it kind of just jumps straight to, you know, Captain Marvel goes off and, and does what she promised she would do in terms of reigniting that sun. And then it cuts to her moving into, you know, Monica's mom's house and it's yeah, not it, really it does. Um, it there it could it, have been some yeah. resolution, some moments of let's go get into her psyche. How is she feeling? Where it's just like it was like, oh, she's gone. Ah, oh, that's a shame. I did what I need to do. All right, all good. A little nice moment talking about the plane and stuff. Like she'll be back. Okay. It wrapped up quickly because it's like, oh no, Monica, she's gone. She's trapped but she will be back. In the meantime, here's the keys to her family home. Move yourself and your family in. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay. And, you know, watching... Oh, the, you know, Kamala's watching... family definitely weren't moving in. They were helping Carol move in for sure. Oh, really? I got the impression... Yeah. That... No, I got the impression... Well, the... No, really? I got the impression that the Khans moved in to Monica's home. No, Carol doesn't. No, Carol no. doesn't need a house on Earth. Well... Have I just misread? Have I misread that completely? The, I literally took it as the cards were moving in. So I was quite surprised by that because opened one of the boxes and it had Carol's stuff in it. It had a plate, like the, and had, I just uh, it had a. Honestly, I still think that the cards have moved. No, into that home. no. Why would they leave Jersey? Why would? Well, they that leave? was my question. Like, it their, seemed odd, shirts, odd that they their, would, but their house got destroyed their though. Their house okay, got destroyed. So they've moved into Monica's house while she's hanging out in a different multiverse. I'm sure Saber can fix the house up. Oh, man. I, awesome I don't. Drinks. Honestly, I definitely took it as the Cairns have moved to Louisiana, which I thought was a really odd choice. No, that would just be ridiculous. And if that's the case, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and until I read elsewhere, that, that's what I think. In okay. my head, canon, <laughs> that's what's happened. I don't know. Like, surely they wouldn't all be, they wouldn't need to help her move. Like, Fury would just send someone down from Saber to help her move. I oh, don't no. know. I don't need to help her, but it's just, it's just nice. And Kamala wants to spend as much time with her hero as well. Actually, speaking of Kamala, right. And again, look, she, I loved her in that show. And in this movie, she is definitely, she must have a sore back. From carrying this movie <laughs> well done <laughs> she's no she is fantastic like and again i'll say it again so every like we need to protect this girl this actor like 
by all means necessary. Like, don't let her travel alone. Don't, nothing. She is a delight, a ray of sunshine. And she, yeah, every moment that she's in this movie, her little fangirling, like, just big laughs, smiles on my face. Like, just, she's great. Having said that, though, even her, like, her relationship with Carol, it could have gotten deeper. Like, I got kind of excited when you know, like the the first time, you know, the mistakes made and, you know, half the scrolls kind of get wiped out on that planet when the atmosphere is sort of sucked out. Again, very space ballsy. And, you know, like Kamala's on that. They're like, no, like those people, they're all going to die. And, and you know, Captain Marvel says, like, we need to save who we can. You know, like she's making these hard decisions. I was like, oh, Kamala, Kamala's going to see, like, you know, like, oh, she's not really the hero I've been idolizing. And, you know, she's going to have to have some conflict with that. Seconds later, it was like, oh, sorry about the way I spoke to you. That's okay. Let's start again. Ah, it's like, it's again, it's like they set up these really nice, gritty, like character moments to dive into, and then they don't do anything with them. And everyone's just chummy. It's oh, frustrating. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's not a great film, though, is it? Like, it is, you know, it's oh, form no, and light. But, I, I, pretty, but what what you were saying there, though, like, no, I, did, drama. I did like that moment just where Kamala is a hard lesson for her to learn where you can't save everybody. And it was still, like, quite surprising because it is, again, a light and fluffy movie. But as they were pulling away from the planet and you saw the destruction going on below and you could see people running still. So it was a really, yeah. you know, hard scene to watch and hard for for Kamala. But I, I don't know. It, it, yeah, but it is that thing, isn't it? Again, like we said before, how there's clearly bits missing out of this movie. Mm. But look, having said that, again, every pretty much every scene with her, with Iman Vellani, like, I get fantastic a lot. I... She kind of makes this movie like one of the funniest MCU films. And again, as you said, like compare it to something like Thor Love and Thunder, where it's like there were laughs. But like I was genuinely making audible noises watching this, just like giggling, laughing, smiling. Like this movie is actually genuinely funny. All the moments with her, even like Nick Fury, like doing his thing. He's kind of like, again, he thinks everything that's going on is crazy. But he's he's got these lines like that are oh one of the biggest laughs you know like when like Kamala's falling you know like I don't know, she's she's in the sky and then she's falling and it's like Monica go up there and you know get her and all that kind of stuff but then before Kamala I can't remember how it all goes down but before Kamala lands she changes back into into Carol and then Nick Fury says it's like oh it's all right it's just Carol yeah like, that was good. It's just like a very quick shot, and then the the scene cuts, and it's just like ah, like bellowing. It's just yeah, yeah, so much funny stuff. You throw in the Kamala's family as well. Again, ridiculous that he was like, yeah, let's take you up to space. You have no roof, so I'll take you up to space. Okay, <laughs> why, the, why the hell not? Like they're just being as delightful as they were in the Miss Marvel show. Like they bring such a great dynamic. This like this just zany family of like they don't care about anything that's going on they just want to make sure no. their daughter is okay their daughter yeah. their sister whatever like and then the brother is like please come back don't leave me alone 
it was just me and them before. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> don't yeah, die. <laughs> yeah, that was that was he good. Didn't, didn't he get? Didn't he get married? Doesn't he have a wife? And yeah, that happened like, in the TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. when I was watching it, I watched it on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, it is an M-rated movie. I'm pretty sure the first one was. I think it is, isn't it? It's still like it's an M-rated movie. There were some kids in my audience. Like there were some young girls, right, with their parents. And normally, really bugs me, like it does most people, when someone's talking in the cinema, like talking during a movie, right? But not constantly, but there's quite a few moments, and mainly to do with Miss Marvel, where I could... I could hear bits of what these little girls were saying. And do you know what? They were enjoying it. They were going along with it. They were saying things to each other and they were laughing along with it. And it was just really nice hearing young girls in the audience enjoying this movie. This film has been getting so much stick online. You've got people like attacking this movie and saying how shit it is. And they're basing that on the box office, but them themselves haven't seen the film, so therefore they haven't contributed to the to the box office. It's like the snake eating its tail. It's just going around. And it's like, and they're just, you know, oh, this is not my Marvel. It's not what I want, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it, but so much criticism from people who haven't actually watched the movie. Yeah, and it, and it is a shame. And look, the, the box office seems to be a bit of an anomaly. Like, we've obviously critiqued the MCU in, in recent times, the trajectory it's kind of going. Like, it's probably had more... Ugh, it pains me to say, like, more misses than than surefire, you know, greatness in the, in the past couple of years. But, I mean, has that created a bit of a... a bit of a lull in enthusiasm? Has the strike with... At the actors not being able to promote the film until you know, like the, the day after its release. Lucky, um, has that been a part of it? Maybe has the marketing been a little bit rubbish? I'm going to talk about the marketing at the end of our review here, but <laughs> we'll come back to that. There's there's lots of factors. I don't think people don't want to watch this because it's about three female characters. I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's. It's a weird one. But then, you know, I'll chat to people. Hey, have you watched the Miss Marvel TV show? Nah. Like, I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of that as well. Oh, I, I don't know. I think if more people gave it a chance, I'd find there's things to yeah. to like about it. But, yeah, it's just getting a lot of negativity. And you're right about the, um, you know, the writer's strike. They've not been able to be promoting this film until it's actually out. Usually they're like, Obviously, a much longer lead-in, but you know, a handful of TV spots, and you know, we've got our fingers on the pulse when it comes to this kind of stuff. I've not seen that much in the way of promotion for it, to be honest. Mm. Oh, look, what they again? There's a there's one thing I want to talk about towards the end, but I won't because it's not really relevant yet. But um, in terms of like how they have been generally marketing this movie like who they're putting in the trailers what they're talking about like they never really dived into the villain of this movie in the marketing and what she's all about and like what she wants so i was watching this movie like literally discovering her motivations her whole plot around her for the first time in this movie 
that was kind of refreshing, even though it doesn't really help. Like, I know, but you know what? But we've nearly, life. we've nearly finished the review. No, we haven't. <laughs> no, but well, yeah, there's more to talk about. But the point I'm trying to make, we've brought up the villain for the first oh, right. time. Yeah. We've just you know brought what? up the villain, and she's Ronan the Accuser. We've had this. We've had yeah. this villain before. There's nothing new. Yes, she's got the backstory, and you saw how, you know, the Annihilator, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, yeah. you know, this... and she was a soldier. That's fine. But other than that, she's just evil. Well, she's not just evil. She's trying to do right by her people. Like, she's not got selfish motives. Mm. But she's just very bland, forgettable, and just wasn't a good villain. And when you've got yep. characters like Kamala Khan and and Monica Rambo and Carol Danvers, I don't know. It's like the, you know the good guys are a lot more interesting than the villains in this film. And just the whole no, thing about just, having without, she's got without one looking bangle. At your notes. She's yep. got one bangle. Without looking <laughs> I, at your notes, I don't know her what name. is her name. <laughs> there you know. go. But she's got one bangle. <laughs> she finally gets the second bangle. She puts them together and she dies. They give Miss Marvel a second bangle and nobody questions maybe this is a bad idea. I mean I mean nothing bad happened Shelley, to Kamala, Shelley don't get me wrong. Because Shelly dies because she tries to rip open the like the portal thingy. <laughs> like if she, she didn't do that. The, yeah, she I don't know, they both put bangles together. Did did the whole Xena Warrior Princess thing or Wonder Woman, whatever, like putting the bangles together. I don't know. It just it seemed like an odd thing that the first thing Kamala would do was actually just put them together. But it was yeah, fine. It was very, there was no consequence. It was very like it was very Indiana Jones, you know, like no matter what happens, the bad guy would have been annihilated because they got the MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Jar Ben. That's the villain. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I've got it in my notes. Um I'm I can't confirm it, but I'm pretty sure nobody said her name in the movie. No, I feel like I'm hearing it for the first time. You know the um, the actress uh, Zari Ashton. In real yeah. life, she's engaged to Loki, aka Tom Hiddleston. Yes, yes. What a week they're having! Uh, one of them I mean, got look, a Marvel movie on the big screen. Another one, yeah. season two finale on the small screen. I mean, I think in the states they both dropped on the Friday, I believe. So no, in the states they get Loki on the Thursday. We get it on the oh, Friday, right. so we got it reversed. Because oh, okay. I remember the first week of Loki season two, all the marketing said Thursday. And then for oh, us in Australia, we got it on Fridays. Oh, outrageous. But anyway, um, but look, again, her her character, like, again, obviously, like, there's she's a Kree. We're bringing the Kree back, so it's got those connections to the first Captain, um, uh, Captain Marvel movie. It's going to say Captain America. Um you know, like it's related to mistakes that Carol has made. Everything she's trying to do again, I'm like watching this being like, holy shit, this is space balls. Like she is, it's you know, what do they what do they say? Like turn suck to blow, whatever. Like <laughs> she is yeah. sucking atmosphere, she is sucking water, she's sucking the sun. It's that's like it I... is space balls. Carol's even a princess at one point. Well, she is a oh princess, my God. and she's yeah, wearing look, the dress. Oh, do you know so... what? The 
I remember, you know, in the first product trailer, and I was yeah. in the costumes, I was like, oh, man, what a downgrade. You know, what we'd had in previous movies, in TV, like the costume we get from Miss Marvel at the beginning of this movie, the one from the TV show, so much better. That was my opinion, watching the trailer on my smartphone, watching <laughs> it on the big screen, in the movie. I think the costumes look fantastic. Really like the costume. And, Great upgrade for yes. Monica Rambo. Really big upgrade for her because she was wearing pretty much what everyone else from Saber was wearing. So the planet, you know, the whole thing is that they can create things out of nothing. And she's got a new a new costume. Mm. She looked great in that. At no point do they call a spectrum though. They didn't quite quite get there. And her costume, if you're looking at the comics, because Carol Danvers has had many aliases many costumes in the comics and one of the costumes she wore as under the alias binary is the costume that monica wears in this movie or oh, like at the very end oh, well, no, when, no, she, sorry, when she gets her actual costume sorry, from Maria, the musical planet yes yeah. and monica yes yeah. so when she wears yeah but they don't call her spectrum that is her Superhero, and they don't quite get they there. Set up the whole thing of like, what are we going to call you, like Professor Marvel, like which is funny. But then, yeah, they never you get think there. They would deliver it. Maybe it was cut and they forgot. Um, you know when they when they. Stories, I was going to say when they say the Marvels in the film, when they call them the Marvels as a team, mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> and then, like when they're on the singing planet, it's like we present the Marvels, and it's like, hey, that caught on real quick. <laughs> yeah, Miss, Miss Marvel gets excited. Yeah. Okay, I just want to say two things about the the singing planet because, you know, it is obviously quite jarring that it's like, oh my god, why are we now suddenly in a musical? It's bizarre, it's bizarre, but it's like, you know what? Alien antics, space is weird. We've we've seen that. It's it's been established. Number one, uh, Carol's princess dress and her hair loved it. I was yep. like, oh my god, <laughs> she is just gorgeous. Um, the I don't know it it was interesting seeing her character sort of have a a vulnerable side to her, even though she says it was a political arrangement or whatever. It's I think the scene, even though I felt kind of uncomfortable because I was like, why are they all singing? It was kind of leveled out by Monica and Dad, the other one. Come on, <laughs> like their commentary being like, oh, I'm gonna add, you know, like the, the jokes they're making and stuff. It just kind of made it okay. I'm okay with this because they're taking the piss out of this as well. Yeah, and me too. And as you know, I hate musicals, but I, I liked it. What about the cats? We have not talked about, spoken about. <laughs> we have not talked. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, Goose. Goose is back after all these years. Still alive, obviously. Flurkins live longer than cats, I'm guessing. Um, it turns out been with Maria up until... She died and then was given back to, to Carol. So that's Goose all caught up. Um, there's this random subplot kind of thrown in halfway through this movie on the Saber space station thing where there's all these weird gooey pink things. And it's like, what is this? It's a crazy... They turn out to be eggs. And then a bunch of Flurkins are born. And it's convenient because they can then use the Flurkins to save everyone because there's not enough life boat yeah for everybody to ships (laughs) to escape the ship it's it's a weird one isn't it because it's funny and gross and terrifying it's funny and gross so essentially you've got (laughs) miss marvel holding a flurkin chasing after 
members of Sabre. I getting, almost wet myself. And they're getting sucked in. <laughs> but you know what? I was also thinking, though, it is a bit of a risk, isn't it? Because they know Goose. Well, we don't know if they've met any of the Flurkins until that movie. What if Goose was like a one-off and all the other ones were like killer bastards and like <laughs> and had accidentally just killed Sabre? But no, it all it all worked out. And it was it was a fun way of getting them off the ship. I think what was happening is that Goose was kind of communicating that it was like, no, this is okay. This is what we're doing. I got this. Oh, you're Me helping the screenwriters. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Look, we've got <laughs> to because, again, if you look at this situation, this scene, uh, I can definitely see why people watching this might go, this is ridiculous because it is. Um, and, again, you kick off the scene with Kamala stepping on board, reunited with her family, and then just seeing everyone running around with cats, just being like, what is going on? Like, what's what's happening? And that sets the tone for this ridiculous, hey, this is the plan. This is what we're doing. Grab a cat. Like, <laughs> and then everyone running around with the, the guy on the, the audio PA system being like, let the flurkin eat you. You are going to be okay. <laughs> let, like, just over and over again, the, the sequences that are playing out like a horror film, like, like that one, that one chick that's like there. She's like escaped and she's hiding, and then suddenly she turns her head, and there's like two flurkins looking at her, and they bounce. <laughs> like it's it's a ridiculous sequence, but again, I was in pieces. It's fun. Like, it's fun. It, is it just... does work. You know, earlier on when Kamala first sees Goose and what Goose is capable of. <laughs> Her yeah, 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 reaction yeah. was pitch perfect. The expression, yeah. the the noise that she made. Oh, man, she's great. She she's really is fantastic. Like... Back with the Sabre people, though, there's that guy who Kamala's dad is giving advice to, and then he makes reference to the fact that he's like 300 years old or something. Mm. That's kind of just a throwaway I... line, isn't it? I'm not thinking, is he Asgardian? Like, what's going on here? Who's this that guy? It was my go-to. Like we know that the Asgardians are living on Earth now, at least the remains of them. It potentially could also be a scroll as well. Yeah, like, yeah, could be. But I went. I think it's because of the little, the little um, plat things he had in his beard. I was thinking, yeah, made maybe it's Asgardian. Very... Oh, Tessa Thompson, Valkyrie did not see that coming at all. And she's still wearing that smart business suit. I thought that was great. Her just <laughs> rocking up. Yeah. Yes, of course. She rocks up and she's like, hey, I'm here, whatever you need. And and that's good. That, for me, works better. Like Valkyrie just turning up when Carol needs her than that moment in Endgame where they managed to get on the battlefield. Pretty much every <laughs> female character... <laughs> <laughs> to do like a side-by-side action shot. It works so much yeah. better in this movie. It's like, hey, I got you. Like, it's fine. Like, whatever you need. I thought that, that works really well. And I didn't know she was going to appear. And it's like, ah, this is what a lived-in Marvel universe would be like. Characters would just pop up and it would be like no big thing. Yeah, and it's like, but it's like for a reason. It's like, you've got intergalactic travel. Um, you also have familiarity with, you know, like, space refugees essentially you guys were one it really makes sense she's the leader of 
the Asgardians on Earth at this point in time. Like, it really, she is the one to call. There literally is no, it, it, it made perfect sense. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of criticism about this movie, and again, unwarranted, just ridiculous online banter and, like, bullshit, is like, oh, you know, like, this movie is woke. Why? Because it has three female leads. Like you said, you made reference to the scene in Endgame where they got all the all the female characters together. Very forced, very heavy-handed. You know, it's like, oh, it always makes me kind of like twitch a little bit every time I see it. Fun, delightful, nice, but at the same time, so stupid. Like, why does that happen? Why does that happen? Captain Marvel also doesn't need help in that moment. This movie has none of that. And the Valkyrie scene is an example of it actually makes sense that they call her just because she's a chick doesn't take away from that at all. Like it. Yeah. It's so silly. I just say she's the king of Asgard. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure she could have sent somebody to be fair, but you know, she's not delegating. She's doing it herself. (laughs) Nah, all good. She wanted to make sure it was, it was done. And, and that's, it. that is what it is. Uh, Look, as we jump to the end of the movie where things are all wrapping up that's where we get a bit of a bit of a reminder that it's like oh look we're we're doing multiverse stuff um basically there's a there's a riff in space and time that opens up as you said darben whoever the hell that is uh she (laughs) she gets evaporated she's gone the miss marvel has the bracelets now which is cool good for her um and monica uses her powers to close the rift, but has to do it from the other side, uses her, like, photon light powers to blast it shut, seal it, all that kind of jazz. Um, and she gets she gets trapped there, which kind of leads us into our mid credit scene. Before we get to that, though, before we get to There's that, more? the There's end... Yes, no, no, before we get to the mid credit scene... Literally, the end of the movie that does feel like it could have been a mid credit scene, an end credit scene. It's where oh, we've of got Miss Marvel. She appears in Kate Bishop's apartment asking if she thought she was the only kid superhero in the world, <laughs> which is funny when she says something on the lines of, like, I'm 23. Like, I'm. I'm not. I'm not a kid. Well, she's good. She's like, yeah, I'm young. I get it. But it's good, you know. <laughs> and of course. This mirrors Nick Fury appearing in Tony Stark's mansion at the end of the of Iron Man, the very first MCU film. She then tells Hawkeye she's putting together a team, a nod to the Young Avengers superhero group, makes reference to Ant-Man having a daughter. That worked really well. But on one hand, it feels like a good way to end the movie because obviously this movie was focused around a trio, so to have the end on Miss Marvel, it does work. But on the other hand, it did feel like what would have been a classic Marvel mid-credit scene. But yeah. they put it right at the end of the end of the movie, which is why you forgot because it's just literally the last bit of the movie. That's yeah, no, it's true. But look, you know what? A nice little sequence. I'm kind of. I was trying to work out how does she know what to say. Either Tony Stark put out an autobiography about how his journey to become an Avenger went down and went into those kind of details about Nick Fury. You know, appeared in my Miami house and she's a fan. Said this or, she's a fan. So who or knows? Nick Fury, which 
basically was like, hey, look, when you go to recruit, you know, the gang. I just think <laughs> it's out there online. It's out there. People know. People, people know it's like it's the yeah. thing of legends and she's recreating it. I just thought oh, it was such a good way of doing it. I had no idea. Haley Stanfield was going to be in this. We get to see her once again as Hawkeye. But the first thing we see is the bow. The door opens. We see Pizza Dog. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. And then, yeah, Kamala sat in the chair. I was like, yeah. it all worked really well. But as I said, I watched this Sunday afternoon. A couple of hours later, I was on Facebook. Screen ran. They were posting about Young Avengers and I'm like, oh, guys, come on. Come on. It's, it's opening weekend. Like, I've barely seen it myself and other people who hadn't seen it yet. I mean, I know not everybody cares as much as we do, but little things like that, it spoils it. Like, again, I had no idea we were going to get like, Hawkeye in this movie. And it's like, is it even really news to jump on? It's not like the past, like, five MCU things have, have not set up all of these child slash teen slash 23 year old superhero characters you know like literally every movie seems to have ended with a child version of, of the main character black panther hulk thor like everyone oh don't i mean i know i defend the she hulk tv show and you hated it but hulk's it so son scar at the end the i can't blame the VFX team, because we know how under the pump they are. It's, you know, it's, it's reported heavily, <laughs> but he looked atrocious. Anyway, Holt's got a son. Yeah. Most yeah, characters, yeah, I mean, Wanda has her son who's also got magic based powers. He's, he's got the superhero name Wiccan in the comics. Yeah, All these characters. Exist. They don't exist yeah. in, the, in, in our universe. They exist in a, in a, in only multiverses. So maybe they'd have to borrow them. But this was fun, though. Anyway, it, it was we'll fun forming the new hey, Avengers. But you, yeah. let's get to what you want to talk about before I yeah, interrupt like, you. The multiverse. Well, you're right. This should have been uh, a mid-credit scene because we only got one mid-credit scene and no end-credit scene. Which, well, we did get some. Cat oh, it was just audio but... meowing. Yeah, yeah I'm like, really? <laughs> I waited wait for this. this. No, I, I mean, but the, we do. I keep interrupting. I apologize, but the. Uh, yeah. The mid-credit scene we did get, and I'll I'll let you take us in. Oh, you can do it. But oh, I, my jaw dropped. I could not believe it. You know, I I've been watching the new Frasier on Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah. I love the yeah, original Frasier as well. He's, yes, he's yes, and he's I've been enjoying it. Out. Big fan of Nicholas Lindhurst. You know, all the fools and horses, and you know, various other shows in the UK. Mm. So I'm like, okay, so I'm watching the new Frasier. So before, okay, I'll do it. Before you see <laughs> the character, before you see him, you hear Kelsey Grammer. And I'm like, oh, because yeah. again, I've been watching Frasier. So already, mm-hmm. like, you know what's going to happen, but you don't know how much you're going to get. So you know that it's Beast. You know that it's Hank McCoy. But what is it going to be? Is he going to be in human form? We just don't know. And then, no, it's Blue Beast. You actually see beast you got the x-men music i the just... door the door in the oh. background it's like just a really bring it home so i, we get I just it. <laughs> could not believe it and this makes kelsey grammar the second fox x-men film star to appear 
in a MCU film after Patrick Stewart's Charles Xavier in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We know that we're getting Hugh Jackman Wolverine in Deadpool 3. So I'm, like, I'm assuming this happened because Jackman's back as Wolverine. But as much as I love it, I love the music, the setting, everything, you know, in this cast. It's really slowing down like the introduction of like Marvel Studios giving us their take on X-Men when they keep well, going back to the well. It raises the question, like, uh, are we going to get the, let's call them the original X-Men in all of these multiverse shenanigans because it's like, hey, we can dabble into these other universes and then eventually we will get like the MCU, what was called MCU Prime, like their version of it. Is that the intention? And it'll be a different. It's going to have to be. And then they'll give us the new cast. But again, I'm thinking the Fox characters and actors are getting to stick around because Hugh Jackman's coming back one more time. I don't think it'd be happening without him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a different multiverse. It is a different multiverse. And on that, I've said already, the week that this movie came out was the season two finale of Loki. Don't want to get into it. We're going to do a full review. Sounds like comics, but just want to say multiverse riffs in space. I was thinking, are we going to get Loki here? Is this is this a job for Loki? Ultimately, not. But um, <laughs> we got X Men though, which was, I mean, again, jaw dropping. Honestly, not in a million years would I have guessed we'd get Kelsey Grammer as Hank McCoy in this movie. Yeah. I mean, can you explain the Maria Rambo part of, of this? I mean, obviously, we, we she's here in this universe that Monica goes into. She doesn't know who Monica is. Obviously, she never had a daughter or never had a daughter that was Monica, at least yep. in this universe. She's decked out in some... It was like a white and red kind of outfit thing. And what she's is got, going on there? And she's Who got like she? a she's got like a Miss Marvel insignia, but she's got two instead of the one that Miss Marvel so like, has. Is she is she just like like in Multiverse of Madness? Is she Captain Marvel in this? Universe? I would guess. My guess. Right, okay. So Captain and, Marvel hanging out with the X Men though. Well, they make yeah. reference. They make reference to you know. When Marie's like, she never, she would have never wanted to be Captain Marvel, and that was that was Carol, like that wasn't her. So they set it up earlier in the film, but it's interesting because, I mean, it's completely new as far as I'm aware that Marie would be this Captain Marvel character's original in this movie, but in the comics and the X Men cartoon from the '90s, Rogue's powers like the Anna Paquin take on the character is that she can drain people and take on their powers temporarily. What happened in the comics, the reason why Rogue can fly and is invulnerable is because she takes the powers of Captain Marvel, leaving her in a coma. So Captain Marvel has played a big part in X-Men comics yeah. over the years. So it does, like it does kind of fit. Because I remember like <laughs> outside of Rogue being able to be invulnerable and flight, and when she's just got powers to drain, just oh, the character's not as cool as I thought she was. But anyway, it's like Captain Marvel, or then she was Miss Marvel, just like this new Kamala Khan character. I'm saying no, she's been around for ages now. 
But back then, <laughs> Carol Danvers wasn't Captain Marvel. She was Ms. Marvel. Yeah, well, pretty crazy. Oh, well, that's the mid credit scene. So the X-Men are very slowly coming. I mean, to be honest, you know, it's not really... It's cool to see Kelsey Grammer based, you know, like, whoa, cool. It doesn't really establish anything more. Like, we know that there is another multiverse or multiple multiverses out there with the original X-Men, as we've seen in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So it didn't break new ground, really. It just kind of set up, look, Monica's there now. Hey, here's Beast. Cool. That's my commentary on that. Now, but one last thing I want to mention before we do like the rating and all of that is is the marketing. And normally I try and stay away from things, but I was so curious leading up to to this movie, you know, without the actors being able to do their promotional run and all that kind of stuff. I was like, let's keep a tabs on the TV spots and the trailers and things like that. It kind of got a little bit desperate towards the end there. Um, you know, like trailers with Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, you know, like basically the marketing team going, hey, remember the MCU and all the characters you love? They're not in this movie, but just remember them. Whatever. it's It got us all feeling nostalgic. Cool. Here's my... Is that, is that what that ticket. was? I didn't watch any yeah. of them. I did see no, was, the one you're talking about. And the, nostalgic. Right. I didn't watch it, but the screenshot was Robert Downey Jr., right? So that was what they were doing. It was all kind of like... It, oh, it was all about, it really had nothing to do with anything. It was just like, remember Tony Stark and remember Captain America. And remember that one interaction they had with Captain Marvel. And now here's the next movie. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm okay with that. That was just like triggering nostalgia, whatever. Act of desperation. Blair. What was kind of shitty? One of the final trailers, right? Yep. Featured Thanos. Featured new dialogue from really? Thanos that hadn't been heard before. It was along the lines of, I'll paraphrase because I don't know exactly what it was, but it was um, basically him saying that um, my work will carry on. So There will be someone to carry on my work. So if, like you're essentially saying, if I fail, someone else will carry on. It then cuts to to Darben. Oh, no. Implying that she's... Ca- <laughs> basically, what, the, Ridiculous. What, the, what these trailers were saying is that, hey, you know all that stuff with Thanos what he was doing, his purpose, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that got resolved, but there's a character here, Darben, who is picking up the work. Everything that she's doing in this movie will be related somehow to Thanos' grand plan. (laughs) So absolutely jack shit, nothing to do with Thanos. Thanos isn't even, I mean, besides the one mention of the snap, I don't even think Thanos is mentioned by name. Um, yeah, I mean, they mention, mention the blip. Yeah, but look, keep in mind, though, outside of this film, like, the MCU is still in a little bit of a bother. Like, again, we will get to Loki Season 2, Sounds Like Comics, that's coming. But the whole Jonathan Mangers issue of sure. He Who Shall <laughs> Remain, Kang, you know, all of that. Like, because he's meant to be the new Thanos. It's like they've quickly, like, you know, yeah, dra- drawing people's if, attention to this movie unnecessarily. If there, up, if there ends up being an issue with him, just recast him. Whatever. Continue the story, the plan that you've got. Like, it's fine. There's a variant of Loki who is a girl or a woman, shall I say, and she's blonde, <laughs> Sylvie. Like, 
Kang doesn't need to look like Jonathan Majors. But anyway, I have to wait and see what happens there. Well, that's disappointing. It does sound very desperate what you're saying there, how they're trying yeah. to... And again, bring, yeah. I'm fine with the nostalgia trip thing that they're doing there, that manipulative thing. But like to blatantly lie and be like, hey, this is a story point. We're implying that this is a key story, a key motivation of the villain in this movie. It's... It's it's just blatant lying and false advertising. Like it's not. It's very different to. Hey, look, we've removed some of the Infinity Stones from the Gauntlet. Or hey, look, we've got all these characters running in Wakanda. That never happened. But like the settings, the same. The overall tone of the movie, the story point. Like it's all. The, this is blatant. Like just hey, we're bullshitting to you to manipulate yeah. you. And I missed it. I, um, I don't like I missed that. All that. I don't like that. It's. I think it's dirty. Yeah, no, I can tell. Um, <laughs> I can tell. That He's got to. That shouldn't take. But look, you go into this movie and suddenly, I, that's why I was surprised. You know, like um, because the marketing showed nothing about Darbin's motivations. So I'm watching this movie and being like, oh, okay, well, this is different. I'm okay with this, even though it's kind of stupid. But I'm like, I'm fine with it. But where's the Thanos stuff? Oh no, there was none. None of it. Okay, also fine because the movie didn't need it. But what the hell was with oh, that? But you. <laughs> well, I don't know. But you did go in thinking that there was going to be something there and it just wasn't. Yeah, and again, wasn't, I'm okay right. with the fact that it wasn't part of it because the movie didn't need it. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm kind of bewildered because... They kind of told you that it, it that kind it was. of told me that there was and, a connection here to Thanos and his work. But it wasn't. So they can... Marketing team, man, can piss right off. Anyway, that's me done. <laughs> you know... Before we do the rating, just one more thing. I want to take us back to Beast one more time. You know that I've been collecting season two of the Marvel Studios minifigs. Yeah. Yes. And I'm looking at them now in front of me, and we've got Moon Knight, Agatha mm. from WandaVision, She-Hulk, Werewolf by Night, Beast. And all of a sudden, I'm like, huh. Lego knew something. Oh, yeah, true. Now it makes myself like, oh, there's a beast, which is cool. Which X-Men have they released? They've got a Wolverine, which we're like, okay, yeah, we'll be Yeah, Deadpool, Deadpool 3. And, yeah. and, and uh, Beast. And Beast is in there. And I thought, oh, you know, like we're getting, you know, season five of the animated series, Marvel Studios, Disney Plus. And that's, that's, where the, that's where my brain went. I was like, that, yeah, X-Men but the 97. Thing is, like, that's what that, they're doing there. That probably is what it is, but now there's like a, a double meaning. So I'm like looking at all these live action MCU Disney Plus characters in Lego form, and there's Beast. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty funny. There we go. There we go. So uh, we've we've done Beast now. We've talked about Beast a hell of a lot. I've picked my jaw <laughs> up off the floor. So we we are there. We're at the we're at the ratings. So if you're going to rate. The Marvels out of five. Right. All right. So let me just start with the fact that yeah, you know, I think we've we've both talked pretty positive about positively about this movie, but it's not without saying that this movie has a pretty pretty dumb plot. It's a pretty dumb story. It's there's gimmicky things like the body swapping. Who the hell knows why the villain is like yeah like how it's so comic booky that it's like we're sucking the atmosphere and the sun like what that that all aside this is a fun movie i went in you know expect I'll, I'll admit expectations were not that high at all i wasn't even really excited to watch this 
but went in, open mind, just had fun. It's so funny. Laughed quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, genuine, funny moments. Um, Imam Vellani is just a delight. Steals the show. I love the, you know, I love the the charisma, the all of that between the three leads. Again, I wish there was a bit more in terms of like the drama and delving into the the mechanics of each of the characters and their relationships. That would have been would have been cool. The supporting cast, the family, Samuel Jackson, like just great stuff. Help the singing scene, the flirting scene. I was I'm all I was all for it. Like again, create like cringy a little bit the music thing, but it worked. They kind of grounded it enough to be like. I can go with this. I had a good time. Um, it's not top tier, top shelf Marvel stuff, but that's okay. It's you know, it, it's 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 better than a few of the recent movies. And I'm looking at you, Love and Thunder and Quantumania. It's 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 well above those. Um, I'm gonna I'll give this a three out of five. I think is the right number. Yeah, no, that's um, that's fair. Yeah, I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this movie for what it is. Like you know, warts and all. Like it's you know by no means a perfect movie, and at times it's obvious that scenes are shorter. Certain things, the way that it plays out in the movie, feels like it's an added scene. Like maybe it's not what they were going to do originally. But if we're looking at the characters, the cast, the chemistry. It is so much fun. And just looking back in my notes here, it's the 33rd film in the MCU. And although it's an M-rated movie, I can honestly say this is the first one that I think my kids would sit down and like. They've not seen a single MCU film. This could be one that they would like. I mean, I wouldn't make them watch One Division of Miss Marvel, but maybe start with Captain Marvel. But there's something about this film, and a lot of it is the character Miss Marvel. I think it's a character that young kids, not just young girls, but young boys, like there's something about this character. She's got a strong Peter Parker, Spider-Man vibe. The comedy's working here. The yeah. action's good. Like we've got a flawed hero in Captain Marvel, and again, like Brie Larson's definitely getting to flex more acting muscles in this movie than she got to do in that first movie. That first movie, she frowned a lot. She's doing a hell of a lot more in in this movie. And as you say, we're getting a good Nick Fury here. Does it gel with the last time we saw him? Not really, but that's fine. I just want to forget that show. <laughs> it's, it's fun. <laughs> it is fun, but I'm not going to be crazy. I'm going to come in a little bit higher than you, but only slightly. I'm going to come in at a 3.5. But again, we've both said a lot of good things about this movie. So we're not jumping on the bandwagon. Three out of five, 3.5 out of five. It it is, it is what it is. It's it's a it's a good movie. It's a good, fun movie. And yes, the runtime is an hour 45, and it was a very brisk watch. Like I couldn't believe when the movie was over. Like it was such a quick watch. But at no time was I bored. Uh, it's no, just, no, no. you know, it just it grips you the whole time, whether it's the action, the humor. It's good. It is. It's a good film. I'm not saying it's a great film. I'm standing by 
It's a good film. It's a good film. There it's a good go. time. Oh, just a just a fun little thing I forgot to mention. You know, like if you count all the MCU properties, so I'm talking about movies, TV shows, the special presentations, even you know, all of that. So like you know, the Guardians Christmas special and, and stuff like that. The where we landed with Endgame, like the number of movies that had come out, and then we got to Endgame, we are exactly double with this movie. Oh wow. So there's a there's the same number of movies between well, Iron Man to Avengers Endgame that there is to Spider-Man Far From Home to the Marvels. Oh, there you crazy. go. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah. So unintentional trivia there, sorry. I know we <laughs> stopped doing that, but uh <laughs> I thought it was interesting. It, was like, it is interesting. It is interesting. There's it's... so many. <laughs> yeah. Things. There is, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, wow, they peaked early because a lot of the better <laughs> yeah. films are in that first half. But anyway, if, onwards and upwards. If you, count the number, if you count the number of projects, Avengers Endgame is the middle point yeah. of where we are. That's which crazy. Which is madness. That's crazy. But then they have been pumping out a lot of content. I really do hope they do another special presentation. You know, we got yeah. Werewolf by Night, we got the Guardians Holiday Special. They were fun. More of that, please. Well, that's it for our review of the Marvels. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Five Nights at Freddy's and stay tuned for our upcoming review of... I want to say Hunger Games. I don't know. What do we got? Oh, what? <laughs> we didn't that? talk about this. I don't know. I'm not are putting you... it out there. Okay. You kind of did. Are you, are you watching it? Yeah. Oh. I don't know what else I'm seeing next. What have we got? I, I mean, honestly, I had a, I had a quick look. Uh, this could have been a conversation not put on the <laughs> podcast. Um, first of, I think, first of December, we're getting Candy Cane Lane, Eddie Murphy, Amazon Prime. Probably sure, do that okay. at some don't point. Have to, um, okay, let's let's put a <laughs> pin in it for now. I literally had no intention of watching Hunger no, Games no, we don't have movies. We um, don't have to do it. We don't have to do it. It's we fine. will see. Okay, you've been listening to Luke. <laughs> and you've been listening to Jason. We're the guys from that film stew. See you soon. <laughs>